Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of The Pursuit of Freedom. This is episode 16. That means every week for four months, I have released an episode. And in fact, the first week I released three. Anyway, so it's not quite four months, really. Anyway, how, how cool is that? That's an achievement. And I just wanted to put that out there. One thing that I found difficult, I guess, is that it's a slow burn, right? It's not something that gets thousands or hundreds of thousands, whatever, millions for some people of views, which would be great because, you know, it's positive reinforcement. It's something that gets you know, a few views here and there. I'm almost at 200 downloads, which is great for, you know, like it's better than none, but I guess it is something I struggle with because I want the word to get out there. I really think that this podcast has some really valuable stuff for people. I'd like to think it does. Let me know if you disagree. I mean, I need this feedback. Anyway, here I am today, and I guess I just wanted to share a bit of my story. Why did I start this podcast? Who am I? What's what's my background? Well, hmm. I'll rattle a few things off. I was born in Bundaberg, little town in Australia, in um, the state of Queensland. I spent most of my childhood actually in Brisbane, which is further south than Bundaberg. Um, generally moved houses every two to three years. So I'm someone who's used to moving around. Um, went to several different primary schools because of that. So I'm kind of someone who's used to going through change. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it's definitely something I'm familiar with. I also lived in the UK for almost five years. That was during my teenage years. So most of high school. Um, there were amazing parts to that, but also really difficult parts, you know. Um, you know, there, were, there was a lot of bullying. It's also when um, my depression got pretty bad. Um, and I first started self-harming. You know, there were some pretty pivotal moments that, that occurred when I was living in the UK. But I'm grateful for all of those experiences. And I got to, to meet wonderful people as well as some not so wonderful people. But I also got to travel um, and just, I guess, become a better person. Um, what else can I tell you? Um, I'm a qualified teacher. Um, I've taught at primary schools, high schools, and also university at master's level. That was pretty cool. I was course course coordinator. Um, That's the most recent job I had. I haven't held a job longer than two and a half years. Um, Never been fired, by the way. Can I just say that? (laughs) I just move on because I get bored or I realize I'm not happy in the role. I want to do something else. And... Fun fact, the longest job I've ever held was when I was second in charge at Pizza Capers when I was a university student. Go figure, huh? I guess the free pizza helped. (laughs) But also I enjoy interacting with people. Isn't that interesting? Um, What else? Um, I guess a big part of my story is that I lost both of my parents by the time I was 27 years old. Um, and for my sister, she was she'd just turned 18 or a few months before mum died because she's younger than me by a fair bit. That's pretty pivotal to my story, you know. Um, 
dad was 50, 54. Uh, I think. Yes. No, 53 turning 54. So he, he it was a month before his, um, his 54th birthday that he died. It was in a freak accident, um, happened in the house. And, you know, it, it, it turned our world upside down. It really did. I think up until that point, I knew that bad things happened. And, you know, people do die unexpectedly. But I never thought it would happen to me. It did happen to me and it was just so real. It was surreal almost, you know, like, is this, did this happen to me? Even now, happened back in 2013. So that's 10 years ago. But even now, sometimes I go, wow, is, is that my life? Did that actually happen to me? Yes, it fucking did. And it, it hurt, you know, and I just admire my mum so much for getting through that. You know, the house was in the middle of renovations when my dad died. In fact, he was renovating the house. That's where the accident was. Um, he was a carpenter. But, um, yeah, the, ha- the house was unfinished and was a bit of – it was a building site, really. And mum had to get it done. She wasn't a builder or a carpenter. She had to figure it out. Single mum. You know, my sister was 11, I believe. 12. See, I can't even remember. Um, so he died 2013. My sister was born 2001. So, yeah, she was 12 years old. I was 21. And I'd actually um, moved back home sort of a year or two before that. So there's my mum dealing with me, a 21-year-old, kind of finishing off my university degree. Still kind of not quite an adult, right? I thought I was, but... You're still discovering yourself at that age. And yeah, a 12-year-old, you know, in the heat of adolescence, you know, and my mum got that house finished. She she raised us and I'm just so proud of her and I, I, I never told her that, you know. Um, but I hope she knows that, you know, she, she was such a strong person. And she loved my dad so fiercely. They loved each other so fiercely. They they loved me and my sister so fiercely. I felt so loved. We weren't perfect. They weren't perfect. But we were loved. We were looked after. And, you know, that's a feeling I will carry with me forever. Um, you know, and then I guess after dad died... We were all sort of finding our feet. You know, my sister had to go into high school. I had to finish my teaching degree and start my career as a teacher. So that was another transition for mum because I moved quite far away from home. I had been out of home before that, but nearby. Um, you know, so that was a pretty big deal. And then when I started teaching, it became apparent very quickly that... It wasn't for me. And there's a multitude of reasons for that. You know, I think 
the school's always going to pay play a partner the the people you work with and and where you're living and where you're at in life yada yada but I was deeply unhappy and my mental health was the worst it has ever been and I've had some pretty low points like it was it was worse than when dad died a lot worse um you know, the self-harm had resurfaced. I hadn't done that for a long time, but it had resurfaced and got really bad. Um, and I just, I was not coping. It was, it was awful. And I knew I wanted to get out. I knew it within a few months. But I had this twisted notion that I just have to keep going. And then, you know, I'd, I'd talk to my mum and, you know, I... I would shout and get angry because I was angry with my situation. But, of course, that wasn't nice for mum, for me to be shouting and swearing and carrying on. But I'd say, I just, I don't want to fucking do it. Get me the fuck out of here. I don't care. You know, as a mother, how are you, how was she meant to respond to that? Um, so th- those conversations weren't productive. Um, I didn't know how to help myself. I don't think mum really knew what to, what to do with me. Really, I was an adult, but acting like a bit of a child. <laughs> as we do when we're not in a good headspace. Anyway, after two years, I was brave enough to just say, I need to get out of here. I'd spent four years doing a teaching degree. You know, I I did really well, but the degree was, the quality was really poor. I was very frustrated with it, but I fought tooth and nail to get through it. My dad died at the end of my third year of the degree and I had to get through exams and the final year and placements and all the rest of it. I got through it. It had been a goal for so long. I got there and it was like, oh, fuck, I, I don't want to do this. It was destroying me. So, yeah, it, it took me longer than, than I like to admit, but I did it. I left um, and the academic year in Australia ends you know, a couple of weeks before Christmas and I didn't have a job lined up. (laughs) Luckily, as a teacher, you do get a little bit of holiday pay. Um, So I had a little bit, but no plan, which I don't recommend, okay, but it had got so bad I just had to leave. Had I been more proactive, probably could have saved up some money and, and helped myself out a bit more. But as luck would have it, it it worked out and I found a role that was amazing. You know, I became a youth worker and supported children in out-of-home care. It was really challenging work. Um, You know, my shifts would be over 24 hours long. I'd actually have to sleep at the the residential care house um, to, to care for the kids there which meant time away from my partner, right? Quite a bit of time. And I I was so passionate about my job that I got a bit obsessed. You know, I was picking up all these extra shifts and wasn't home as much as I should be. It, it wasn't very balanced. So after two years of that, I recognised, okay, I need to leave. But it was a much better circumstance than when I was teaching because I was recognising the red flags. And I just chatted to my boss, who thankfully was really supportive. I said, look... I love what I do, but I'm burning out and I think the kids are going to pick up on that and I need to find something else. And she helped me find another role within the organisation, which was great. So that's kind of 
that's my background. I just started that new role. I was out of shift work. It was nine to five. I think I'd been doing it two weeks. And I got a phone call saying that mum had a brain tumour. Um, and I just remember thinking, fuck, here, here we go again. Um, and I was at work when I got the call and I remember saying to a co-worker, I'm, I'm just, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to lose my mum. And my co-worker who, you know, was considerably older than me, she'd already lost her mum. She said, Rosie, we're never ready. And that stuck with me. You know, we aren't ever ready. It doesn't matter how young or how old a person is when they die. Their loved ones are never ready. How could you possibly be ready for something like that? You know, you're not going to. And I guess with mum, you know, we, we found out after a couple of scans and biopsy surgery, all that sort of stuff, that it was terminal. And so we had some preparation time, um, I guess, to come to terms with the fact that my mother was going to die. She had turned 60 the year prior. You know, I was beginning to think about what she would do in retirement and what life would look like because my sister was finishing off high school and would be beginning uni. I was out living my life. So it was a big period of transition for my mum and I think quite scary. But exciting too. Um, but life was was snatched from her. But I, you know, she did, she lived such a full life, and so did my dad. They lived such full lives, despite dying what I would consider to be quite young. Um, but I feel so lucky to have had two loving parents in my life for as long as I did a lot of people can't can't say that you know some people never know their parents or they have parents who are abusive or who aren't loving you know I, I I'm so lucky to have had that the pain that I feel is so strong because I was so loved. I think that's important to say. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say it gets any easier, but over time you learn to walk with grief. and move forward with your life you can't stay stuck in the past and there's no such fucking thing as moving on you move forward you learn to carry that grief what does life look like now you you create a new normal for yourself some days it feels very normal and other days I still go, what the fuck? I just want to fucking call my mum. I just want to call my dad. I just want to cuddle. And I can't fucking do that. And it sucks. And 
not many people my age that I know have been through something like this. So it can be really lonely. Death is so taboo that it's it's not spoken about much. And I guess, you know, that's one of the reasons why I want to talk about it in this episode. Because the death of my parents has hugely shaped the woman I am today. Hugely. I think I love more fiercely. I live more fiercely. And I'm so much more aware of the fragility of life because of what I have been through. And it is a constant reminder that you can't take stuff for granted. You can't take your loved ones for granted. It is so easy to do. But you just can't because we're not promised a long, healthy life. You know, these death, no one can escape death. And nor should we, I don't think. But it's... It's there. We're all we're all gonna die. We just don't know when. So get the fuck on with it. And that, the get the fuck on with it bit, that is why I'm taking such big strides to create the life I want. You know, I'm only thirty one, but I have had many periods in my life where I'm in situations that I. I don't like, I'm not happy, they're affecting me mentally and physically. But I don't do anything about it when I can. Life is too short to be putting up with shit, to be punishing yourself or listening to the voices or the people who say, oh, well, that's just the way it is. Toughen up, sweetheart. Fuck ya. Show you toughen up. So here I am, after many years of deep down knowing this is what I wanted to do, I left the nine to five. I'll be moving into my van and traveling Australia. I'd love to be doing it with my partner, but I'll be doing it with my dog. My partner at the moment, we're, we're doing distance. She's up in Cairns and working so hard. She has fought so hard for the career of her dreams. Um, and while she establishes herself, I'm living my life until we can come back together and, you know, go on grand adventures together. And all of this is scary, right? This is scary. It's not easy. It terrifies me. It does stress me out. But deep down, I know that if I don't do it, I'm going to regret it. If I were to, you know, to get a terminal diagnosis... And know that I've only got a couple of months left. I'd be so frustrated with myself if I hadn't tried. So here I am. I'm trying. And I'm really doing my best to just take small steps. I'm taking as much action as I can and as I'm capable of. And having fun. I want to enjoy life. I want to enjoy it. And this podcast has been so, so enjoyable. I have met amazing people. 
amazing, amazing people. I have heard wonderful stories and received so much advice and insights from people that I'm sharing with you through this podcast. And I hope that there is someone out there who is getting something from this. But even if there's not, it is bringing me so much joy. I've always, well, I say always, that's that's not literal, is it? I was going to say I've always wanted to do a podcast. But, you know, for at least, I would say, close to 10 years, I have wanted to do a podcast. That's a long time. And I'm finally fucking doing it. It's risky. I don't have a source of income right now. I need to figure that out. You know, money's going to run out. And actually, I wasn't sure if I'd talk about this, but I think I will. Speaking of money, this is something I don't share with a lot of people. But, you know, with my parents dying, there, there was inheritance involved. So both myself and my sister have, have some inheritance which for the longest time I just had sitting in an account in an account not spending it because I was like I don't want to waste it I, I you know I want to make the most of this opportunity but you know it's just over almost a decade it's just losing money to inflation what a fucking waste and in fact How offensive and disrespectful to my parents, to other people, for me not to leverage the legacy they left behind for me, to not use that privilege that I have. And this has been a difficult one for me to to dip into that, that money, but that's at the moment how I'm able to not be working right now you know, as I get ready to move into the van, is I'm using some of that inheritance money. And I'm so hesitant to share this because, you know, there's a lot of stigma around it. You know, you're a trust fund baby, you know, whatever. I had to start from zero. You just got everything handed to you. I acknowledge my privilege at having this money at my disposal. But I also have anger. Fuck you for having that opinion. Don't shame me because my parents fucking died and they worked their butts off to leave me and my sister with money. Fuck you. So the next time you think about demeaning someone or call someone a trust fund baby, just pause for a minute. just wanted to say that so yeah I have inheritance and I'm using it and um, it's it's scary because that balance is going down but it's also allowing me to build the life that I want to build and I want to establish a business and I want to earn a lot of money so that I can do exciting things and not have to stress about you know am I going to make rent or am I going to be able to feed myself or am I going to be able to pay this medical bill or what if an emergency comes up I want to set up a thriving business that not only brings me joy but that helps other people 
And the first step in that is building a community, which is what this podcast is. I want to build a community of people who are hungry to build their free life, their purposeful life. That are sick of just settling and have this awful feeling of, oh, there must be more to life than this. You're my people. I'm your person. I want you to join me on my journey as I figure it out. And I'm going to teach you what I learn. And I think I'll be sharing a lot of things about what not to do, but hopefully some things about what to do as well. And my ultimate goal is, you know, over time, I hope to establish a successful business and be able to teach other people how to do that, who don't want to be within the constraints of a nine to five, who want to um, earn money more on their own terms. I want to be able to teach people how to do that. But for now, I can't. So what I'm doing is role modeling and sharing my experience of how to walk in your values, to build, to create your rich life. I'm so passionate about it. I'm walking the talk. I want you to do it too. So I'm going to be providing updates on this podcast whilst I'm on the road with um, with Tilly, my Australian Kelpie. I've got Starlink so that I'll have internet, internet wherever I am. So these podcasts should be regular, but should still be coming out weekly. But we will see. I'm sure there'll be um, some hiccups as I get used to life on the road. Um, but I will have my computer there in the van. Um, and I will be setting up my external monitor if I can figure that out. So I should still be able to edit and do all the things I need to do. You will be hearing from me. And I hope you enjoy that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's all I want to touch on in this episode. I just wanted to give you a bit of a flavor for who I am, what I'm doing and why. And I really hope you stick around, you know, to hear my journey, to hear others' journeys. And to begin your own journey. Let's do it. You know, we as human beings get so scared. And our default is to avoid pain. Rather than chase after the possible upside, we want to avoid pain. Oh, I'm not going to leave my job because... You know, I'm not going to have a secure paycheck and what if I can't find another job and everybody's going to judge me? We want to avoid all that pain. But rather than thinking about the potential happiness that is going to come your way, the freedom and the excitement and the joy, that huge upside, instead of moving towards that, we close the door on all of that and just go, oh, no, I need the money. I don't want people to judge me. You know, I need security. So I don't I don't want those potential risks. I'm, I'm, so I'm just going to stay in my little corner and be miserable. But that's that's what life is. Nah. Nah. Uh, uh, uh. None of that around here. Thank you. So I want you to let me know. I want you to let me know. What's the dream you're working towards? I want you to say it out loud. I want you to go to my website kukalini.com forward slash podcast that's kukalini.com forward slash podcast and on there there should be a button to send me a little voice recording I want you to tell me I think it only gives you 90 seconds you can't ramble what's your dream say it out loud you don't even have to say your name if you don't want to I'd love you to but tell me and I want to talk about this in a future episode dreams 
so many of them die. It's okay if we don't achieve our dreams, but the fact that we don't chase our dreams, I think that's really heartbreaking. So what's your dream? Let me know, say it out loud, and let's start moving you towards that dream. Let's take the steps. Let's make action and make it happen. Life is exciting. It's beautiful. It's also painful and scary, but we can have all of those feelings at the same time. Let's make the most of this beautiful, scary, terrifying and exciting life. I'll catch you in the next episode. See you later. If this episode resonated with you at all, could I please ask that you share it with a friend who you think could get value from it? And whilst you're doing that, make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss another episode. And whilst you're following or subscribing, please leave us um, a rating, preferably five stars, and also a written review. Doing each of these things is going to help this podcast reach more people and impact more lives, which is at the end of the day is what we're here to do. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Remember, you matter, you're worth it, and you are so, so capable. Take care of yourself, and I'll see you next week.